You're listening to Panels of Blood, part of SplatterPictures.net. Welcome to Panels of Blood. I'm your host, Wes Knipe. Panels of Blood is a podcast where you guys sit back and let me read you some of my favorite horror comic books. This is part three of our trip into the world of Vampirella, as written by Nancy Collins in the 2014 incarnation of the character. Vampirella finds herself betrayed by the Vatican that she was an agent of. They used her to take down evil supernatural baddies on behalf of the church. After a botched rescue attempt of a little girl named Emma that saw the return of the Cult of Chaos and the villain Ethan Shroud, Vampirella found herself playing host to the Lady of Shadows, Sister Bride to the God of Chaos, which causes the Vatican to send out the Witch's Hammer led by Father Nicodemus. The Witch's Hammer are some seriously sadistic demon hunters, and in the middle of a massive battle, Vampirella was saved by a giant vampire bat that turns out to be a Nosferatu named Drago, who seems to have a lot of knowledge about Vampirella's situation. He tells her that in order to overcome the Lady of Shadows, she will have to destroy a bunch of rare vampires descended from Lilith and drink their blood to gain their power. And only then will she have a chance of saving herself. You guys want to make sure that you're absolutely caught up with the show don't forget to check out the last two issues which were a hell of a lot of fun and just as a personal aside everyone has been incredibly sweet and incredibly open and incredibly helpful with helping us make sure that this show is as best as it can be and you know, i really 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 dig it it's a lot of fun to just sort of sit back and read you guys comic books comic books that i love comic books about horror this is why we're all here. As cool as the other issues are, issue three of Vampirella is pretty much why I started getting extremely reinvested into this character and into the writing of Nancy Collins. It's a wonderful self-contained freak of the week type storyline and it also contributes to the overall arc of the main story. There's just so much to recommend in this. Nancy Collins is really done her homework and you guys will know exactly what i'm talking about in this issue i've gotten a couple of comments by the way from people that i definitely trust saying that they kind of were surprised that i don't go off page more and talk about what i'm reading about and talk about my thoughts on the story as it's unfolding i don't know if that's something that you guys are interested in Uh, i was kind of getting the vibe that it would be best just to read the story as is and leave a lot of interpretation or extra bits up to you guys to maybe find out for yourselves or to intuit how you will. But I've heard more than one comment about people generally surprised that the tone of the show is not me talking more about the stuff as I'm reading it. So if that's something that you guys think that you'd want, just sound off on Twitter or Facebook or wherever and just let me know. But anyways, without further ado, got my coffee here, freshly brewed. Gonna take a sip of that. How do you guys picture me reading these books to you? Is it high back chair, crackling fire, smoking jacket? 
pipe or maybe a cigar. I've never determined. I don't smoke, so I don't know if I'm a cigar guy or a pipe guy. Maybe a pipe guy? I like to gesture with something and seem less threatening. I find cigars very threatening. Anyway, sorry, that is some totally left field shit. Without further ado, I bring you issue three of Vampirella Krazu, written by Nancy A. Collins. Penciler, Patrick Birkenkotter. Inks by Dennis Chrysostomo. Colors by Jorge Sutil. And letterer, Rob Steen. We open to an establishing shot of a modest village in Thailand. Wood buildings, straw roofs, a caption saying, The village of Palm Klua, Thailand. We see a woman in the final moments of labor. The doctor says to her, Keep pushing! The baby's almost here! We see a shot of a nervous man surrounded by his friends waiting outside the room. Not very proactive of you, buddy. You should be in there with her. He says, What's taking so long? I should have taken my wife to the hospital in the city instead of bringing her here to the village to have the baby. One of his friends tries to comfort him. You just have new father nerves. She and the baby will be fine. Besides, it's important for your wife to come back home to deliver your child. His wife cries out in pain as she pushes the baby. The doctor excitedly shouts from the other side of the door. The baby's here. It's a boy. His friends say, See, what did I tell you? The husband answers back, I have a son? His friends, Congratulations! We now see a shot of the happy new family looking down at their baby, completely content, the mother looking understandably exhausted. She says, Isn't our son beautiful? He answers her, Yes, but nowhere beautiful as his mother. Are you sure you're all right? I'm fine. Just very, very tired. One of his friends pokes his nose to the door. Come along, you. It's village tradition for the new father to buy all the old fathers a drink. But what about my wife? Go celebrate. We'll be fine, darling. Your son and I just need some time to rest. We see a shot now, late at night. The mother, sound asleep, next to her, the newborn baby. But in the shadows, we see someone's head poking through the open doorway with blazing red eyes. The caption reads, later. We now return to a scene of celebration. The husband cheerfully drinking with his friends as they celebrate his new son. One of his friends asks him, Have you thought about coming back to stay? He replies, As much as we love this place, there is no future here for us. We want more for our child than working for Madame Apsara. Another one of his friends says, You have a point, my young friend. He raises his glass. A toast, then, to the future of my fine new son. Suddenly, a blood-curdling scream tears through the scene. Everyone looks in pure horror to the direction of the sound. The husband, in total shock and fear, shouts, My wife! Now, the wail of a young child cuts through the night air. He's rushing as fast as he possibly can. He shouts out, My baby! Now, within the darkened doorway, he sees the horrific sight before him. Merciful Buddha, no! Krazu! So to just take an aside for a second, what the Krazu are, for those of you who don't know, is a ghost or a specter, an evil spirit from Southeast Asia. They are known predominantly for stories in Thailand, but there are all kinds of accounts of them in, uh, in other countries in that area too. Called a different name, 
in some cases, but ultimately what we have here is an incredibly malevolent spirit. Um, they're represented typically as being just ahead with organs attached to the throat. So, uh, I mean, this Krazu has a heart and lungs and intestines. The head looks pretty much normal, except for the fact that it has long vampiric fangs. I was never familiar personally with the idea that the Krazu were a type of vampire, even though there are certainly things about them that are vampiric. And here, what the Krazu is doing is what they're most known for, is attacking newborn mothers. They have um, a joy for using their long tongues to devour the placenta of a newborn baby, uh, killing the mother, killing the child. They are very, very bloodthirsty scavengers. They are blamed on killing livestock, and they even eat feces in some cases, if I remember correctly. They are 100% dangerous, 100% malevolent, and uh, Nancy really, really, really conveys a lot in this one shot. The idea that this Krazu has killed this newborn mother and their son. We now have an establishing shot. We're at an airport, and a small private jet is waiting. In captions, a private airfield somewhere on the west coast. We have arrived, your excellency, Drago says to his servant. Have you filled the flight plan? Yes, my lord. We now see Vampirella exiting the limo, wearing her classic Vampirella outfit, the circular scar still prominent over her breast. Kind of ironic that someone who can shapeshift into a bat owns a jet, don't you think? Drago responds, I find it convenient. Where we're going is on the other side of the ocean. I have no desire to be caught by the rising sun in the middle of the Pacific. Inside the jet, this thing looks anything but normal. Bone-like, metallic, red and gray structures sort of wind everywhere. And Vampirella comments on it. Wow. Subtle. Who's your interior decorator, H.R. Giger? As a matter of fact, yes. Coleridge now with a bottle and two wine glasses of what I would presume is blood. Would you and the lady perhaps care for a drink before we take off, my lord? Thank you, Coleridge. Vampirella and Drago now sipping drinks together in a very, very sci-fi horror-like setting within this jet. You seem unsure of yourself, my dear. You're not having second thoughts about our partnership, are you? She responds. Are you surprised? I'm not exactly famous for rubbing elbows with other vampires. In this panel, we're treated to a flashback of the moment where Drago rescued Vampirella in the previous issue. In captions, Vampirella continues. But... You did rescue me from an ambush orchestrated by that one-eyed fanatic, Father Nicodemus. So, I have decided to trust you, despite my misgivings. A close-up slivered panel of Drago's eyes. As far as the Vatican is concerned, my dear, the moment Ethan Shroud placed the mark of Umbra upon your flesh, you became nothing more than damaged goods. They would rather kill you than help you, while I offer you a chance at salvation. Ironic, wouldn't you agree? 
He continues another flashback of the moment where Vampirella fantasized about her fighting the Lady of Shadows. You know, flashback to a fantasy. Very interesting. Because, I mean, this scene literally did not happen, but it's reused art from the previous issue. But, yeah, it's, it's cool. I get it. Economical, one might say. In captions. With my help, you will be able to battle the curse of Umbra and defeat the Lady of Shadows. And all it will take is the blood of some of your fellow vampires. A slivered close-up of Vampirella as she inquires. Tell me more about this particular vampire we're hunting. Now we're treated to a bunch of scenes where we'll get a little bit of history about the Krazu. Drago's captions begin as we see Lilith bonding with a demonic entity that looks like a regular devil, almost like what you'd see in the label of a deviled ham container, but without skin, so it's all muscly and sinewy. As we know, all vampires are the spawn of Lilith the Dark Mother, but not all vampires were sired by the same demon, hence the different breeds and variations. We see a woman in absolute agony as her throat down to her chest is splitting open and gushing blood. Drago's captions continue. The most extreme of which are the Krazu, which dwell in Southeast Asia, during the day, they appear as any other human woman, but at night, they undergo a most horrific transformation, manifesting as a flying head and a mass of entrails. We now see the Krazu, which we'd seen previously in the book, but now silhouetted with blazing red eyes, hair wild in all directions. Drago continues, Possessed of an irresistible hunger, the Krauzu haunts the jungles in search of prey, feeding on everything from wild pigs to tigers. But its favorite meal is human baby, especially newborns, as it renews their life force. The Krauzu have always been a rare breed, but the fact more and more women are having their babies in hospitals and clinics have put them on the endangered species list, which is why we are headed for Thailand. Now we see Drago motioning to a coffin within his jet. Now, if you will excuse me, I will take my rest. Drago, now within his coffin with the lid open, Vampirella standing over him while he speaks. It is a 14-hour flight to Bangkok, Vampirella. I realize you do not share my allergy to sunlight, but I recommend you get a good long sleep. You will need your strength once we arrive. We now have a strange panel completely pitch black. Only the strange caption in a voice we don't recognize. It's black and white to indicate that it is not the omniscient narration. Vampirella. Vampirella in caption, still in black, answers, Who goes there? Show yourself! We now see it is indeed the Lady of Shadows speaking to her from beyond the void. Her eyes almost seem like fiery red, her hair still billowing in all directions. She is completely in shadows. There is no need to fear me, child. I mean you no harm. We see Vampirella illuminated only by this strange glow that the Lady of Shadows is now giving off. She speaks to the Lady of Shadows. 
You want to take over my body so you can join with your brother, the Mad God Chaos, and bring about the apocalypse. That sounds pretty damn harmful to me. The Lady of Shadows responds. That is because you view it as an occupation by an invading force, instead of what it truly is, an awakening. The void-like hand of the Lady of Shadows moves in to caress Vampirella's cheek. The omniscient narration kicks in. She tells herself she should not listen, but the voice is surprisingly soothing, like a cool hand on a fevered brow. The Lady of Shadows continues. I am no stranger to you, Vampirella. I am the part of you that despises the weak and glories in power that thirsts for the blood of your enemies. You know this to be true. We now have a close-up on Vampirella's eye, the whites of her eyes now being invaded by that same blackness that took over her eyes in the previous issues. It circles around her iris. The Lady of Shadows continues. You have denied me for as long as you can remember, but can you tell me the reason why? Vampirella responds. No. The omniscient narration returns. It is a good question. One she has asked herself more than once over the years. We now see an image of Vampirella in the moonlight, a skull raised over her head, blood pouring out of the eye sockets directly into her mouth as she drinks with pure satisfaction on her face. The omniscient narration says, Why does she fight against what is natural for her kind? We're now back in pure blackness. A single word bubble in the panel. Vampirella? We now see a panel that's almost as if Vampirella's eyes are opening and it's her POV shot. She's looking up and sees Drago standing over her. We've arrived. How do you feel? Vampirella is now yawning as she sits up in Drago's spare coffin. Surprisingly refreshed. Good. You're going to need your strength to capture Akrazu. Stepping off the plane, Vampirella asks, Where do we find one of these things? We have to go into the jungle. The Krazu despise cities. We now are introduced to a semi-elderly looking man. We're going to say late 40s, early 50s. Off-panel, Drago says, I've located an expert on the creatures. His name is Narong. He's a black magician. He's agreed to help us in exchange for the Krazu's bile, which is immensely useful in the creation of curses and potions. Welcome, Your Excellency. You have a rival is most fortunate. I'm just assuming that this cat's first language is not English, and that's why he's speaking this way, which is fair. The first time I read it, I thought it was a mad typo. Narong hands Drago a newspaper. And, like a crazy person, Drago reads it out loud. Villagers blame mysterious deaths on legendary monster. You're right. We are indeed lucky, Narong. An establishing shot, now deep in the jungle near the same village that the story started in. In captions, Palm Klua, Thailand. We now see a group of the villagers as they cut through the jungle, one with a torch, the others armed with machetes. Their leader says... Keep your eyes open. That Krazu must still be around here somewhere. One of Chaya's goats was found with his throat torn out earlier tonight. A loud crack startles the men. One of them turns around over his shoulder and says, What, what was that? 
in the trees. We see the haunting visage of a woman's face, eyes blazing red. The rest of her form is completely obscured by bushes, so she looks like a floating head. The men, absolutely terrified, run away. And we see in the next panel, it was just Vampirella pranking him a little bit. She's jumping out of the trees and landing next to Nerong and Drago. She says, with a big smile on her face, that should get rid of the locals for the rest of the night. Drago responds, Good. The last thing we need is those idiots stomping around, scaring off our prey. Then, suddenly, the Krazu appears. Narong sees her first. There it is! We see the Krazu floating with a red background, her fangs bared. She is indeed just a disembodied head and a bunch of entrails. Vampirella from off-panel says, Dark mother, it's even worse than I imagined. No wonder the hunters were scared. Narong, now with his arms raised, is spinning a bola. You know those uh, bolas? It's um, it's the it's like the the two weights attached by a cord, and you spin it around and you throw it at someone's feet and they trip. That's that's what it is. He says, "Stand clear! I'm going to take it down." He throws it at the Krazu, and the bolas wraps around her throat. Enraged, she screams out, and then hits the ground hard. The supernatural means in which she is flying seems to have been, at least for the moment, stopped. Narong now walks confidently towards the Krazu. <laughs> I got you now, beautiful monster. You're all mine. Drago warns him. Be careful, Narong. The Krazu might not have arms and legs, but... Neither does a cobra. But his warning comes too late. Narong is ensnared by the Krazu, who bites deep into his neck, and he cries out in pain as she hisses. Vampirella now is taking to the skies after the Krazu, her arms turning into giant, beautiful bat wings. Drago crouches down to his fallen guide. I warned you. Vampirella shouts back. The Krazu is getting away. Drago, leaning down into Narong's throat, he bites and blood bursts everywhere, as Drago says, Oh well, waste not, want not. The Krauser seems to be heading towards a village or a resort of some kind. Vampirella exclaims as she's flying through the air, That's interesting. The Krauser seems to be headed towards that gated village. We see a close-up of the sign of this Gated Village, Jai Dam Resort and Spa. In captions, Vampirella says, Hmm, looks like I need to book a little me time. We now see several servants standing outside the spa as a bright red car pulls up in front of the building. In captions, later that day, we now see Vampirella out of her outfit and into a dress and hat and sunglasses. She looks like she is ready for the weekend she says to the servants out front i trust my reservation is ready i made it under the name e normandy we now see a young thai woman very beautiful standing next to a smiling servant welcome to jadam resort and spa mrs normandy i am the owner Madame Apsara, allow me the honor of showing you around. As they're walking, we see signs of people getting massages, a beautiful scenic view. Vampirella, or shall I say E. Normandy, says to Apsara, Your staff seemed rather confused to see me. She responds, It was nothing more than a case of mistaken identity. They were simply expecting a man, Miss Normandy. This is a co-ed resort, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yes. It's just that most of our clientele tend to be 
businessmen on holiday. Here is your bungalow, Miss Normandy. I hope you find it satisfactory. It's absolutely gorgeous. And sure enough, this bungalow is everything that you could possibly want from staying at a resort in Thailand. It is absolutely beautiful, and I'm very jealous. Later, as Vampirella is unpacking her things, there's a knock at the door. She answers, yes, who's there? And into her bungalow comes the most ripped dude you've ever seen. Hello, my name is Sakta. I'm here for your afternoon massage. She looks him up and down and says, hmm. The omniscient narration kicks in. Her first instinct is to send the handsome young man away. But then a voice inside her says, why not? As he's massaging Vampirella's naked body, only covered by a towel, she says, When in Rome, we now see Sakta making his move, coming down to Vampirella's ear, so he's about to kiss it. She continues, Do as the Romans. The omniscient narration kicks in. After all, who will know? Who will care? It's not like she's working for the Vatican. Oh, we now see things are getting a little bit sexy. For anyone related to me that's listening to me read this sex scene, uh, I apologize. It's very tasteful. We now see in silhouette, Sakta kissing down Vampirella's naked body. Even though they're in silhouette, you get a perfect representation of all the nooks and crannies and curves that this very attractive couple, the omniscient narration, continues. Isn't it about time she started treating herself a little better? We now see Vampirella's head twisted back in pure ecstasy. The narration continues. After all the stress she's been under lately, she could certainly stand a little release. Now it's late at night, Vampirella is asleep, and Sakta seems to be scooting off into the moonlight. Besides, the Krazu won't be out until after dark. Suddenly, Vampirella is awoken by a blip of gooey saliva or bile or some kind of effluence on her face, and she looks up, and there's the Krazu floating above her, hissing menacingly. But, like a bat out of hell, Drago is in, he slashes the Krazu and strikes her so hard that it hits a post in the bungalow, cracking the post. Drago looks more ferocious in this stance than we've ever seen him look before, his eyes bright red. And he shouts the Krazu, Get away from her, you bitch! The Krazu lets out a wail of some kind, like a yee as it flies out of the bungalow. Vampirella hastily is trying to get dressed, and she says to Drago, I could have handled that myself. Thank you very much. Drago, his eyes fixated on the direction that the Krazu went. My manners were forged in a different age. Please forgive my chivalry. Drago points to another bungalow with the light still on. As I was climbing out of the boot of the car, I saw the Krazu coming from this direction. Vampirella says, That's Madame Apsara's bungalow. She runs the place. Why am I not surprised? We vampires are always the ones in charge. Vampirella creeping into the room, now in silhouette, her eyes glowing red. Hello, Madame Apsara? Anybody home? Vampirella comes to the body of Madame Apsara, cross-legged, sitting between two candles, her head missing, 
her torso nothing but an empty cavity with ribs bent outwards. We can clearly see. Could this be the body of the Krazu itself? Vampirella says. I guess that qualifies as both a yes and a no. Vampirella and Drago are now heading through the jungle. Drago is holding the headless body of Madame Apsara. So why are we kidnapping what's left of Madame Apsara? Because the Krazu must reunite with its body before sunrise, or it will be destroyed. That is the best time to catch it. Drago now setting the headless body down. And we want to be as far away from her servants as possible when we do so. Ah, this looks like a good spot. A close-up of Drago's hand holding a strange-looking rope. Take this. It's a rope made from thorny vines. It's one of the few things that will bind and hold a Krazu. Now, lying in wait amongst the brush of the jungle, in captions. Hours later, Vampirella says, I'm starting to get worried, Drago. The sun will be coming up soon, and there's still no sign of the Krazu. Drago responds, I confess I am concerned as well. I don't look forward to spending another day curled up alongside the spare tire. They hear the blip, blip, blip of more bile or effluence or something dripping on leaves. Vampirella says, what's that noise? They look up and hissing in the moonlight is the Krazu herself. Drago shouts to Vampirella, quick Vampirella, now's your chance. Vampirella now whipping out the rope of thorny vines. She snags the Krazu around the throat and it cries out in pain. I caught it. The Krazu using as much strength as it can muster supernatural energies that allow it to fly pull Vampirella and she almost loses her footing. Vampirella, gaining her ground again, uses her strength to pull back. Where do you think you're going, lady? You're not getting away from me this time. Now, reeling it in, the Krazu seems unable to resist. It hisses wildly. Okay, I've got the damn thing lassoed. Now what do I do? Drago, shouting orders. You'll have to take the Krazu's heart and make it your own. Vampirella, whipping her arm forward, clutches the Krazu's heart and rips it from what you would call the Krazu's body. That's what I was afraid you'd say. The Krazu screeches out in agony and then drops to the earth for a final time. Dead. Vampirella, now hunched over, feeds on the Krazu's heart. Omniscient narration kicks in. The taste of the Krazu's blood as it squirts into her mouth is both vile and wonderful, filling her veins with stolen vitality. Drago, standing over her, in mid-transformation to his bat form. Can you feel the Krazu's power in your blood? Vampirella, with her eyes closed, reeling from this raw energy. Yes! It's incredible. Vampirella, kneeling into the grass, looks onward as Drago flies away. Our mission here is complete and just in time. I must hurry back to the car before the sun catches me. Vampirella smirks at her unlikely ally as blood drips around her mouth and chest. You go ahead. I have something I must take care of. We see a fat, Ball businessman asleep in a bed on either side of him, two 
naked beauties. He awakes with a start as the bungalow he's in catches fire. Huh? What the? The bungalow collapses and starts burning the man alive as his two female companions run for their lives. Omniscient narration kicks in. Her first instinct is to call the police and alert them to the true nature of Madame Apsara's so-called resort. But then a voice inside her says, you know they won't do anything. They've been in on it all along. It's up to you to end this. After all, who will know? Who will care? And that is it for issue three of Vampirella. The implication there at the very end being that if Madame Apsara was a Krazu and she owned this spa, was running it, then this is probably a fairly illicit and illegal place full of death and vampires, I'm guessing. That's what Vampirella's logic is. It's not entirely clear to me what she thinks is going on because, I mean, we don't know for 100% that anyone else in the villa is a vampire. That being said, that masseuse was there and slept with her kind of readily. I mean, she's beautiful, but he did sleep with her rather readily. So uh, maybe the implication is he was sent there to distract her or something like that. And that's it. As you can see, Nancy Collins really knows her stuff when it comes to the Krazu. And the next issue, Vampirella, issue four, Lamia, is where we're going to be taken off next. That is in reference to yet another mystical creature that Vampirella is going to try to have to hunt down and see if she can take their vitality in order to empower herself to eventually take on the Lady of Shadows. Can she do it? I don't know. We'll have to find out next week. We are rocketing towards the end of this Vampirella story. We're just about at the midway point in this tale. If you guys have any recommendations for other horror comics you'd like me to read on Panels of Blood, you can hit me up on Twitter at Wes Nipe, or you can check us out on SplatterPictures.net or message us on the SoundCloud or anywhere. I keep saying us because I'm so used to my partner Lydia being on all my shows or my only other show, I should rather say. So yeah, you want to contact me and let me know what comic books that you would like me to read to you guys as you envision me with my roaring fire, high back chair, and silky, sexy smoking jacket. Anyway, that's going to do it for me. I've been your host, Wes Knipe, and we'll see you again next week on Panels of Blood.